This is Think Smart with TMFG, your weekly podcast of what's newsworthy and relevant to everyday Canadians. With your host, Senior Financial Advisor Rob McClelland and Mike Conan of Asante Capital Management. Today on Think Smart with TMFG, Mike and I are going to be discussing 10 ways to keep your old age pension plan coming in every month. Mike, I spend a lot of time with my retired clients trying to ensure that they are getting their monthly OAS benefit. And we're lucky we have the software today with our financial planning software that that makes the job a lot easier because you can do a pretty detailed calculation as to whether they're going to get zero clawback, 50% clawback, or no clawback whatsoever, or 100% clawback in some cases. So so let's start by identifying uh, old age security and what it is, because I find a lot of clients get mixed up between old age security and Canada Pension Plan. And they're two very different animals, and they're created from two different, very, two different uh, things. The Canada Pension Plan is something you put into when you're working. So in Canada, there's a fund, and when you have uh, when you work every paycheck you get, there's going to be a contribution taken from your from your pay, and that goes to the Canada Pension Plan. Now the job of the Canadian government is to take that and invest it into, I guess uh, we'll call it a sovereign fund, to go and take care of your retirement. And depend on how much you put in there and certain formulas, when you retire at certain ages, it's going to pay you out a specific amount of money. So that's what the Canada Pension Plan is. Canada Pension Plan is really your own money just being returned to you. Old age securities are very different things. Old age security is a government benefit. So old age security is not something that's taken from your paycheck when you're working. That's a benefit that's taken out of all the taxpayers' money. And the one thing to remember is Canada Pension Plan cannot be cut back or they can't do anything with Canada Pension Plan. Uh, No matter how much you make, no matter what it is, they cannot touch your Canada Pension Plan because it is really your own money. Old age security is really not your money. It's a benefit. So off that benefit, the government has control as to how much they're going to pay out. They can put different rules on it. They could, you know, there's always a concern of people in the future. Could they cancel it? Well, uh, it wouldn't be very popular, but it is a government benefit. So they can do all sorts of changes inside that. So let's start off by, you know, some of the basics in terms of making sure you get your old age security when you're entitled to it. Number one, it starts at age 65. Now, you can delay it to age 70, and we'll talk about that a little later, but it starts at age 65. Things with the government don't move quickly, so you should be applying for it at least six months before. So six months before you're turning 65, so when you're 64 and a half, you should be applying because there is a, a waiting period, especially since COVID, on getting these applications processed. Number two, you need to make sure you meet the residency requirements. So you needed to have lived in Canada for at least 10 years after the age of 18 to be eligible to get the full OAS payment. You need to submit your tax returns on time. Your eligibility is determined based on your tax returns. So if you're not filling in your tax returns on time or just not filling them in, you're not going to be getting your old age security benefit. They're going to stop those checks until you've got your tax returns. Avoid leaving Canada for an extended period. If you leave Canada 
and this is pre your OAS, you're going to miss out on some of your old age security eligibility. And finally, keep an active bank account, a Canadian bank account. And that way, the money can come directly in. You don't want to be receiving monthly checks from the government that you have to go cash every month. So having that money go in monthly is important. Even those checks are going to still keep coming, even if you're outside of Canada. So that's another matter. Let's talk about the social benefit, Mike. What are, what are, what's the biggest highlight, I guess, for a couple? So what it will pay is the OAS security will pay from 65 to 74 years old, will pay about $707 a month or about $8,493 a year. So that gives you an idea of what you get paid. So a married couple, both receiving OAS, both over the age of 65 but under 74, could be getting almost $17,000 a year from the government. Yep. What happens at age 75? Again, this is a newer rule, but it goes up. You can get up to $778.45 or $9,341 a year. So once again, we double that. And if you're, you and your spouse are over the age of 75, you're almost getting $19,000 a year. That's pretty good money every year indexed to inflation. And remember, these numbers that we're quoting today are as of 2023. Yep, and they change because they're going to be adjusted for inflation. So there was a pretty big hike in uh, OAS last year because of the high inflationary rate. So they calculate whether you're going to get your OAS and your claw, whether there's any clawback, and that starts at a certain amount of taxable income. So right about $86,912, which is the limit for 2023, is when clawbacks start. And what a clawback means is for every dollar you make over that amount, they're going to take 15% of that out of your owed aid security clawback. So they're going to continue to take that over time. So, so, so if you were paying that 40% tax rate we talked about and you were receiving OAS, now you're going to be 55%? Yep. So that's even higher than the top marginal rate in the country. Yep. And you go all the way, eventually you've clawed all your owed aid security back. Between 65 and 74, that's when your income hits 142609 So anything you make over that, your owed aid security is fully gone anyway. If you're uh, over 75, that maximum limit goes to 148174 before you lose all your owed aid security. But again, it puts you in the highest tax bracket you can be in. So we came up with some ideas on making sure that you get your OAS. And I'm gonna start with the first idea, and that's start later. So for those investors who may not have a company pension plan, whose health is reasonably good, they can delay starting their old age security benefit till age 70. And what they do in between, between 65 and 70, is they can take that money out of their investment portfolio What's the advantage of doing that is suddenly you're going to get a pension that's 30% larger and it's indexed to inflation from age 70 on. And if you and your spouse do that or some combination thereof, maybe one of you starts it at 65, one of you starts it at 70, that's a big increase in your guaranteed income. And I hear people making big mistakes. Some people actually are working 
and they say, I can apply for my old age security. But it's a terrible idea because it all gets clawed back. So you might as well wait until you're 70. Because it's going to be clawed back anyway, you might as well take the higher amount at 70 once you don't have that income anymore. So I had a situation with a client that I'd worked with for a number of years. And unbeknownst to me, they started receiving their old age security pension well before <laughs> they should have. And of course, as just as you said, it was clawed back. Both of them had over 200000 of taxable income every year. The whole pension was received. So I wanted them to start it at 70. They had been starting it much earlier. Number two, what's our second idea, Mike? Uh, maximize your retirement contributions. Contribute to all retirement accounts like uh, RSPs. It reduces your taxable income. So if you are in that clawback situation, there are still things that can go and reduce, uh, reduce that amount. RSP deductions is one of them. So I think, you know, what are we looking at here? We're trying to keep that taxable income below that $87,000, let's call it. So any $1,000, $2,000 of strategy change that you can do is going to help you. And so maybe you've got a couple thousand dollars of RSP contribution left over. Put that money in, that will reduce your taxable income. Some other ideas that you might want to take advantage of, education expenses, medical expense, home office deductions. If you're self-employed, there's special expenses you can deduct there or credits for energy efficient home improvements. So lots of little things that will help to reduce that taxable income, which might give you more of that old age security pension. So one thing uh, I've found is very helpful. We, we've used fee-based accounts for years because it separates out the advisor fee. But the key, one of the key things in doing that for your open account, those fees become deductible against your income. And that can reduce the old age security clawback. The old age security clawback is a bit weird too. So you gotta watch, you gotta watch it on capital gains. This is the weird thing. Uh, with capital gains, the OAS clawback comes uh, where they're measured on your tax return comes before they take into account capital losses. So some people think, well, I got some capital losses, I'll be able to offset my OAS. Capital losses don't offset your OAS clawback. So again, the capital gains count toward them. The capital losses that you're bringing in don't count against them. So it's a bit tricky. Another thing you got to remember too with income is when you're taking dividend income, the dividend income gets grossed up, right? And then you get a dividend tax credit afterwards. So it has a lower tax rate, but the actual amount that you put in your tax return from a dividend is going to be higher income than you actually got in that dividend. So those are a few little obscure things when you look at your tax return. So generally when people are going and shooting to hit their OAS clawback, you got to be a bit careful because there's a few things that aren't, aren't normal, I'll say, on that. Idea number four is something that wouldn't necessarily be first of mind, and that's maximize your TFSA contributions. So let's say you're retired and you've got money in your open account and it's time for your TFSA contributions and it's $6,500 for yourself. And if you've got a spouse, it's another 65. So you could put away 13,000. And I'll have a client say to me, well, Rob, I don't have any liquid investments. And I said to them, that's fine. We can do an in-kind contribution. Let's move $13,000 out of your open account into your TFSA. The advantage there is we're going to reduce that future taxable income from those investments sitting in your open account. It may cost us a capital gain when we initially do it, 
but forevermore, we're going to reduce your taxable income in retirement because it's going to be in the TFSA. Huge advantage. Okay, so the big one is income splitting. So between spouses, you can, uh, you can split up to 50% of your pension income, which includes pensions and uh, RIF or LIF income. Now, that's been the biggest change in OAS clawback I've seen is when the government brought in senior uh, income split among seniors. We used to have almost everyone would get uh, half the pensions would be clawed back. And all of a sudden they came with the income split. It's probably about 12, 15 years ago. But at that time, we saw the old age security clawbacks drop by, I'd say, 70, 80% within our client base. It was, it was a phenomenal move for seniors. Idea number seven, capital gains. So let's say it's December of this year, 2023, and we're planning on triggering a capital gain. And that might be a $10,000 gain. Half of that is going to be taxable, so $5,000. If you delayed that till January the 2nd, you will reduce your taxable income by that $5,000. So that's a huge advantage for year-end tax planning. Now that you know, if it's February, that really doesn't apply. You, you know, you, you have to do what you have to do. But if you can delay that by a week or two, huge advantage there on reducing your taxable income, especially if you're in that $80,000 to $140,000 income range. Number eight, low distributions. What's that all about, Mike? Um, if you, there's portfolios that have different mutual funds and investments will have what they call a turnover rate. Right? And uh, mutual funds that are actively traded can have a high turnover ratio. They can be 20 to 40%. And what's that? That's triggering taxable events uh, inside those funds. So you may find a distribution come out of that type of investment of 5% a year, 6% a year, 7% a year. That's distributing the income. If you use more of a passive strategy, uh, which we use using DFA, it's more of a, a passive approach, which means all that activity is not happening with inside the fund which means there's gonna be less distribution of gains at the end of the year. So we generally find the distributions uh, from our portfolios is usually south of 2%, somewhere around there. Definitely. Yep. Another idea, and I encounter this, especially with some of my older clients, where they want to give some money to, maybe it's their grandchildren or maybe it's their own children. Maybe it's they wanna, you know, they've got more than enough money and they wanna give them, let's say $100,000 to their two children. And maybe they have, you know, they're in their 80s and they have two or three million dollars worth of investment assets. I'll often take that money out of their TFSA. And I can take that out tax-free without triggering a taxable event. January, put it back in. In January, I can put that $200,000 back in. And I've ensured that the client didn't lose their old age security income for that year. Yeah, and you can split it over two years if they're approaching it. Take half out this year, half out next year. Um, idea number 10, charitable donations. Why does donating to a charity help to reduce your taxable income, Mike? Um, if you're donating things like shares, uh, that will again bring down your uh, capital gains because if you donate shares, they will go tax-free. I mean, Tax-free meaning the capital gain will not be put on your tax return. So a couple of bonus ideas that I had. One was um, delay starting your RIF payment. So some people start their RIF because it makes sense. Maybe they convert their RSP to a RIF at age 65 or even earlier. You need to convert it by the age of 71. 
but there's two little things that you can do to play with that a bit. You can either have that RIF paid out in the first year. So let's say you have, you know, $100,000 in a RIF and you have to take out $5,000. You could actually delay the payment till you're 72 years of age. The other thing you can do is you can set up your RIF on your spouse's age. If you happen to be married to a younger spouse, so my wife Ingrid is four years younger than me, I could use her RIF for the RIF minimum, which will reduce my taxable income, ensuring that I might get a bigger old age security pension. What do we need to be careful of, Mike? You gotta watch, tax returns are very complex in Canada. So you gotta watch out that everything you do and lines up with what Revenue Canada uh, wants to happen. So this is where it's crucial to get professional tax advice on all this stuff. So again, you're trying to go and avoid these OAS clawbacks as much as possible, but you have to do them the right manner. If a client's working with us, we're always going through to make sure we're taking advantage of all these little intricacies that we can. Um, but it is really important. Don't take some of today's ideas and just automatically do them because you might be missing something. That brings us to the end of another week. Thank you for joining us. This is Rob and Mike with Think Smart from the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management, reminding you to live the life that makes you happy. You've been listening to the McClellan Financial Group of Asante Capital Management Limited. Asante Capital Management Limited is a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. Insurance products and services are provided through Asante Estate and Insurance Services Incorporated. This material is provided for general information and is subject to change without notice. Every effort has been made to compile this material from reliable sources. However, no warranty can be made as to its accuracy or completeness. Before acting on any of the previous information, please make sure to see a professional advisor for individual financial advice based on your personal circumstances. The opinions expressed are those of the authors and not necessarily those of Asante Capital Management Limited.